Welcome to a Super Bowl 56 edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, as we have been all season. Proud partner of the LA Rams, I'm JB Long, and as you can see, this is a completely different location and venue and moment for Between the Horns. We're here from Penthouse 56 in downtown Los Angeles with Cameron Irwin, our in-stadium host, and DeMarco Farr, our Super Bowl champion. Well, we love doing this show every week from home, mm-hmm. but this is a level up, is it not? Big time, big time level up, like real up. I was going to say, I think it's about thirty levels up, I actually. So. <laughs> wow, I like this. Can we keep this set? Let's get back to the Super Bowl every year. All right, the hours are dwindling, the days are getting closer. Super Bowl Fifty Six, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams just around the corner. Cameron, I'll start with you. How are you feeling? Oh, man, the week already has just been so phenomenal, getting to talk with so many different people around Los Angeles. The interviews are starting to come in, and my thing, the energy is only just building. Every single conversation I have, everyone is locked in on this Los Angeles Rams team. DeMarco, you have played in Super Bowl. You have been to the Super Bowl as a broadcaster. How is this one different, distinct for you? Wow. Well, it's here. We didn't have to travel. You know, I mean, you could stay at home and this is in Los Angeles. This has been one heck of a journey. So, I mean, the butterflies are there. This is like December 23rd, you know, a couple of days before Christmas. You see all the presents. You want to get into it. You're not close, but we're almost there. But the excitement is starting to build. I'm starting to see Ram stuff in Los Angeles where I never thought I would see them. I mean, just traveling everywhere. I mean, instead of Dodger stuff, Laker stuff. I'm starting to see Rams flags inside of homes, outside of homes, people wearing hats and stuff. So the excitement is building. I can't wait for this game. If you have Christmases as good as these, I'm spending next December at your house. Come on over. Absolutely. Uh, We've got a lot to get to, of course, on this edition of Between the Horns. Among our our talking points, I want to revisit some of the high points of the season, including real turning points. Like, where Mm. did this become a championship campaign? We'll hit our favorite moments, our most interesting storylines going into Super Bowl 56, and, of course, key matchups to watch. But let's go to the top. At what point, DeMarco, of this season did you feel like the Los Angeles Rams had the potential to be West champions, NFC champions, and maybe world champions? Wow, this might be presumptuous. Let me go back. Um, It was Matthew Stafford's third play in a Rams uniform. When he went yard to Van Jefferson. Come on now, didn't you go nuts? This is going to be a different season, right? This is going to be a different offense. This is going to be more explosive. Uh, All about the trade, all about, you know, who's not here, who's here, and all that stuff. Just to see him go yard, and the place just went completely berserk. Uh, So that that was number one for me, Uh, getting the offense going. Anytime AD touches the field, of course, it's it's a must-see moment. But that stands out as, as the moment when you can just tell. This is going to be a different year for this Rams squad. Because the backdrop was the Rams, in every move they made this offseason, had the intention of getting more explosive, getting more vertical. Right. And to see it right so there, soon, so emphatically. <laughs> and by the way, I don't mean to limit you to just one. We can come back to you yeah. if you've got other, other moments that strike you. But Cameron, go ahead and take a swing. Well, I'm going to say that pretty much the same thing, piggybacking off of that. And you talk about the explosiveness. And one of the big turning points for me was the acquisition of OBJ, right? Ooh. The ability to throw the ball downfield has been critical, and especially at that time in the season. And not to mention, just within that two-week period, also the addition of Vaughn Miller. And I'm going, oh, man, everyone's been rolling with this narrative of all in. But it really showed up in those two 
two weeks between those two. And I just, I love to see all of a sudden everything starting to come together. And it was at a point where, yeah, we had some things we were working through. And then all of a sudden, look at the number of wins we've had just to finish out. And now we're sitting at the Super Bowl. So for me, that was a big turning point as well. You know, he's not just a pair of gloves. That guy can play. He is really, really good. He is good at it. He works at his craft. So all the preconceived notions out the window when you see that guy up close and watch him work. Yeah, it's it was a great acquisition to bring him here. He has grown into a true mm-hmm. number two behind Cooper Cup mm-hmm. and the Triple Crown winner. I mean, by necessity, right? Because Van Jefferson has played at less than 100%. Tyler Higbee has missed a big part of the NFC Championship game. But the connection between Stafford and Odell Beckham Jr. I think has unlocked the next level of this offense. I'll give it back to you in a second. I think for me, the answer to where did the season turn was that week 14 COVID game, Monday night football against the Arizona Cardinals. Do you remember, mm. remember the feeling driving out to Glendale that day? It, yes. Can we say it now? <laughs> <laughs> Can we actually like tell people what we were saying? I mean, by the hour, it felt like... That was a bad drive. Members of your <laughs> two deep, like all your preparation were just peeling off. Right. Yes, sir. And the Arizona Cardinals, I think, had started to stumble. You had some concerns about them mm. from a health standpoint and where their season was heading. But winning that game, I know you believe, broke Arizona for this 2021 season. It really started the comeback from down two games and losing the tiebreaker to overtaking the Cardinals to be West champions. No doubt. I almost put that on there. Remember that touchdown pass that Cooper Cup caught in the corner where they showed the, the Arizona defensive back on the bench and he was almost in tears because they had done everything right on that drive and still couldn't stop the Rams. How yeah. frustrating that was. And then... Just turning that back, and you did it shorthanded. You cooled off the hottest team in the league, and you got your mojo back at the same time. I thought that was huge. But I'll drill down even to one play in that game because we remember it as, okay, that's when the season turned, and that's where the Rams Mm -hmm. started to overtake the Cardinals. But remember, they were up a score and driving. They were in the red zone, a chance to go up 10-0. And I'll never forget the feeling of being like, okay, this just wasn't the Rams' moment. Maybe it is the Cardinals' year. And then Aaron Donald gets a hand on a Kyler Murray throw, to the end zone, and Ernest Jones, a rookie linebacker, takes it away. And the game pivoted like that, and to me, that will always be the moment of this 2021 season where the Rams became NFC West champions. It took a lot of moments thereafter, but if that's a touchdown for Kyler and the Cardinals instead of an interception for the Rams... Different ball game. We, we might be here. We yeah. still might be here, but the path would have been completely different. I'm so glad you weren't in that car with us <laughs> on the way over. I'm so glad that wasn't recorded. That was just all bad. You yeah. know, it's funny as I think back to, I, we, I, I think to week 13 and Sony Michelle, and you, we look at the numbers of what he's been able to put together, and I've, I've got a couple of them, but that was the first game that we had a Ram rush for over 100 yards in mm-hmm. a game, and it was at a time when we were really looking for physicality, especially in the run game, and you're sitting there going, where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? from Daryl Henderson's down and we obviously lost Cam Akers early on and so for me to see Sony Michelle kind of step into that and own that role I also think that was a huge part from you know a stylistic point of football that's a great point that was the identity game it was yeah the, the game against Jacksonville after a winless November and that was also Brandon Powell bursting onto the scene DeMarco big time I mean remember how much or what we used to say about the special teams until then I mean it was one disaster after another how many onside kicks did the Rams give up I mean, that Detroit game alone was crazy. And the Rams defense bailed the team out, bailed special teams out time and time again. But Brandon Powell with that 75-yard punt return touchdown kind of turned things around. It got everybody jacked up. Being on special teams, your special teams coach is probably your second most important voice on your football team other than your head coach because he's the only coach that talks to the entire football team. Mm. Everybody's out there. So 
When you make a play, when you finally have success, it lifts the entire football team. From then on, the special teams has been a major part of the success of this football team, not just something you're dragging behind you. So Brandon Powell, to me, that, tu- that punt return touchdown was kind of the, the face of the turnaround for special teams and this football team. Then the 61-yard touchdown in Minnesota, the big return against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Like, yeah, I agree with you. The energy he brought to teams put the Rams in a position where they could say that they have a third-phase advantage for much of their December, January, and February push. Go back and look at the game book of the uh, Detroit game and just look how many – like snaps Detroit has because of special teams. Oh, I remember. It's <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Anything yeah. else in terms of season turning points or high points before we turn our attention to uh, specific favorite moments, which mm. we can include postseason in those? Baltimore? Any know, thoughts from thinking. Baltimore? Oh, that, well, Aaron Donald saving the day. It was kind of the precursor to the NFC Championship game. If it is to be, it's going to be up to him. And that was a hard-fought one. We talked about this during the broadcast. The minute you turned it over in Baltimore, we said it's going to take you three quarters to dig yourself out. That's AFC North ball. If you look at that ring of fame, the names up there are all defensive players. Your, your head coach is a special teams guy. This is going to be tough to do, and you did it. And you finally got the lead. Matthew Stafford was great, but... The defense had to end it, and guess who did it? It was Aaron Donald again. I hope the Rams don't find themselves in any adverse situations on Sunday in Super Mm. Bowl 56, but if they do, I think they can fall back on those back-to-back wins, right? In Minnesota, three turnovers from your quarterback. In Baltimore, three turnovers from your quarterback, and you found other ways to get it done. All right, most interesting storyline still to come on this edition of Between the Horns, mm. key matchups to watch as we break down the Bengals and the Rams. But let's, let's linger a little bit more on the 2021 season that was. Favorite moment. We've talked about turning points, but just pure favorite moment of joy from the season gone by. Cameron, would you like to start? Oh, moment of joy. I'm thinking uh, probably the back-to-back catches from Cooper Cup, game-winning drive versus Tampa Bay. I think it really solidified what we had seen all season long. It's like you just... You go to your best guy, right? Mm-hmm. In those big-time moments. So that one really sticks out to me. Wow. Yeah, um, same game. Beating Brady twice in one year. Has that happened to one team before? I mean, I, I, I don't know. But beating the GOAT twice will always stand out. Uh, and I know it's late because it just happened. But watching Aaron Donald in real time get his group together on defense in the NFC Championship game and just go to man for man, eye to eye, and really speak from the soul to your soul and then go out and get it done. I will never forget that. I mean, that's to me, that stamped the entire year. I know it was the second to last game, but to me, that stamped the entire year for me. You've watched every moment of his career, and I think him becoming more of a vocal leader has been attributed to Von Miller's presence in that locker room. How come? Do you buy into that? Well, you know, look, uh, iron sharpens iron, and sometimes it takes another Hall of Famer or a Hall of Fame guy to take you to another level. You can't help Aaron Donald as the player. He's great. Uh, But you can help him become a better leader. There's some things that you need to do, like, hey, Aaron, they need to hear from you right now. Oh, man, let somebody else do it. No, no. They need to hear from you, Mm -hmm. not Raheem. They need to hear from you. And you need to uh, speak from the heart. So, And you need to let people see that. Jalen Ramsey isn't afraid to let people know and hear what he's thinking. Aaron has kind of piggybacked off that, and Von Miller has kind of given him license. And I'm glad because it's coming from a real place. It's not coming from 
anything selfish. It's all about just winning and the passion. And I'm glad he let the world see that. Well, and you talk about passion. And one of my favorite moments to piggyback off of that is it almost looked like when you talk, you asked him uh, during the fan rally, was that the best non-sack you've ever had, right? In the oh, NFC yeah, Championship. The play, yeah, yes. against the 49ers. And one of the things I recognize is it looks like in the post-celebration, he's actually screaming, this is our city. Uh-huh. And I also think that solidified something about who he was and especially against a rival like the 49ers. I just, that to me, seeing that that passion and that energy and especially a little bit of a chip on his shoulder against the 49ers, I got to love that. How about pointing to his, his ring finger? Yep, uh-huh. that like, too. If the Rams are able to finish this out, we should print shirts all over this city with uh. Aaron Donald <laughs> pointing <laughs> to, you know, the manifestation of cementing his legacy as as the true goat. True goat. I'll, I have a couple written down in terms of favorite moments. That's, of course, one of them. But what I, I have to present about that play is the way that it finished, right? Like, yes, in the biggest moment of the season, your defense where you've spent a lot of resources and you have some big names and big contracts, they all showed up on that play. But it took all 11, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just Aaron and Vaughn and Leonard Floyd buzzing Jimmy Garoppolo's tower. Think about the coverage in the back end orchestrated by Eric Weddle and what Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey had to do to take throwing options away. And then Traven Howard, do you remember standing – at Cal Lutheran on the sidelines late in that summer before last season. I think we are maybe talking about Rob Havenstein or something else. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Traven Howard goes down. Right. Oh, boy. And he's with Reggie Scott. And we're preparing for a new season. We're like, wait a second. That's supposed to be the next Corey Littleton. That's supposed to be our starting off-ball linebacker. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. As it turns out, he does his knee. He's done for the season. And in a subsequent conversation with him, he he basically admitted that he was in his car that day thinking, this was supposed to be my chance. And based on where I was drafted and what I have on my resume so far, I don't know if I'm going to get this opportunity again. That may be, hopefully not it, but that may have been my best NFL opportunity gone. And he ends up making one of the most critical plays in Rams history. No doubt. Can I buy like a membership to the Rams training room? Because they have a funny way of getting people healthy. You know? (laughs) It kind of has been the unheralded story of this five-year run of success. Being healthy, I mean, think about how last season ended in Green Bay. You you were kind of banged up there, and you lost. This year, you've kept guys, your best guys, healthy, and you have them all for the Super Bowl. That's great. Cam Akers coming back. Unbelievable. Trevin Howard coming back and playing major snaps. Unbelievable. Give the people behind the scenes their credit. Mm. The players work hard, but the support group works even harder. It's, It's amazing. All right, so that was my favorite moment on defense on special teams, Brandon Powell's punt return at Minneapolis, mm-hmm. we already mentioned, and then on offense. I thought OBJ's back-to-back game-winning plays in Baltimore, the fourth down catch, maybe the most incredible <laughs> of the season, and then the touchdown that followed it allowed the Rams to be NFC West champions, eventually host that playoff game, beat the Cardinals, and start their postseason run. All right, let's jump to most interesting storyline for this Super Bowl matchup with the Bengals as we turn our attention forward now to Sunday, SoFi Stadium, Super Bowl 56. Who wants to go first? What's the most interesting storyline in a game chock full of them? Oh, man, that's interesting because a lot of people have been talking about the experience between these two quarterbacks. However, I think we might be romanticizing it a little bit. I think it's going to be best first best with these two guys. Joe Burrow, so cool, so calm, so collected. And then you look at some of the numbers for Stafford, and you're going, he's played over 180 games, and Joe Burrow about 30, something along those lines. So it's kind of something, is the experience going to be a key factor, or is it just going to be best first best? And I have a feeling it's just best first best. I think you're right. That's what these games are going to be about. Um, big storyline. You know, uh, it's never happened before, an NFC championship game and a Super Bowl in the same site. I mean, look where we are. 
I mean, look behind you. We're still in Los Angeles. I mean, there's the NFC Championship trophy. This is, wow, what a storyline. So you've got to put a ring on it. You've got to finish this thing off the right way. So, But I think this team is playing with less pressure than it did versus San Francisco. So I think their best game is still out there. And it's the Super Bowl. And this could be like the biggest crowning achievement we've ever seen in, in Los Angeles football history. So uh, I think that's huge. And with the trade, getting Matthew Stafford here, solidifying. I mean, you can solidify a lot of Hall of Fame cases in the next four or five days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With this, if you get this win. So uh, this is huge for this team, huge for this city. I mean, it, it doesn't get any bigger than this in Los Angeles. You know, it's wild. And I know, JB, this is a point that you've talked about. Um, at least I've seen on Twitter as well. With the experience, the Super Bowl experience, there are 10 Rams that have gone to a Super Bowl, just one for the Bengals. But then you also talk about the all-star cast of the Los Angeles Rams. And there are a lot of guys Hmm. that are all-stars still looking for their first ring. Hmm. So, DeMarco, for you, it's not just about handling prosperity, but maximizing it. Well, you've seen it before. Think about the Tampa Bay game. Um, Tom Brady's last game should have been a blowout if you didn't turn it over. If you play clean, if you play clean on offense, if you handle prosperity, when things are going well, you've got a two-score lead and you can just run the football to bleed clock and just act professionally as a football team, you could have made that one a laugher. I think this game could go the same way. I really I really do. Uh, it's all up to the Rams. Once you have momentum, make sure you don't give it away to the, to the opponent and let them think they can get back in it. And, and just do what you're capable of doing. Be the best team on game day. That's usually what Sean McVay's teams are. All right, let me attempt to use that point to segue to my most interesting storyline. If Cam Akers punches that in at the end of the second quarter in Tampa Bay, it may have been a blowout, as you discussed, right? He didn't, and so the Rams' only rushing touchdowns this postseason belong to Matthew Stafford. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, that, that's not right. Three, three games. <laughs> that's a good one, JV. Three postseason games and a quarterback who's not known for his rushing ability and hadn't had a rushing touchdown in a long time in his career has the sneaks. So I think someone else is going to need to score a rushing touchdown <laughs> against the Bengals is my point. And especially coming off a game where Cincinnati advanced, got through that AFC championship game with a game plan that included dropping eight against Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and only rushing three. What Kansas City, I think, failed to do would, if they had a do-over is, is just hammer the running game, right? right. When, when they see some of those light presentations. And I know what Sean McVay's reputation is among our fan base, right? He's just not patient enough to commit to running the football. But that's, I hate to say, that's not true. He, he right. is one of the most willing offensive coordinators and head coaches in the league when it comes to running the football. And that's where I think for all Cameron, the, the hype and the conversation about the right arms in this game, mm-hmm. and that's validated, that's, that's justified. What if Cam Akers has like a New England Patriots 2020 type performance? Sure. (laughs) What if the Rams offensive line and Sean McVay come out with a game plan that looks like the divisional round mauling of the Dallas Cowboys at the Coliseum from 2018? Fun. Like I feel feel the potential for a Sean McVay masterpiece coming on Mm. Sunday. And yes, Matthew Stafford is going to play a huge role in that. But I wouldn't be shocked if Cam Akers is your Super Bowl MVP. Wow. But I'm just going to speak this into existence for whoever gets to vote for these things and write these things in. Andrew Whitworth, oldest offensive lineman in Super Bowl history, likely playing his final game. Give him consideration. If the Rams offense plays well on Sunday, write him in for Super Bowl MVP to cap his career against the Bengals who drafted him. You know, that's not a bad pick. 
If he shuts out that pass rush and you're running the football, <laughs> Matthew Stafford has 17 pass attempts and you're up by two, three scores, why not give it to the left tackle? Give him a little extra love he deserves, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's a clone anyway. No one that old should look that good. That's not fair. Jerry Rice and Tom Brady, the only non-specialists who have played yeah. in a Super Bowl at an older day of age. All right, let's get to key matchups to watch, and we could spend the rest of this Thursday here because uh, the coffee is percolating and the <laughs> views are phenomenal, but we're going to get kicked out sooner rather than later, so let's keep it moving. Key matchup to watch for Super Bowl 56, DeMarco. Well, uh, you, 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 you read this. I put it on there. Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase. That's when you get the big bucket of popcorn and a large Coke, and you sit and just watch. That's going to be a matchup. I can't wait. Um, that's special. But it's also the other Rams corners not named Jalen Ramsey versus Cincinnati's receivers. And, look, you've got to give the pass rush a chance to get home. And I think they're going to win. Von Miller's going to win. AD's going to win. Leonard Floyd's going to win. They're all going to win. You're going to get pressure on, on Burrow. But the last thing you want is cornerbacks giving up too much daylight where he can get the football off. Uh, the last thing you want to do is have Aaron Donald and, and company waste good pass rush moves on completed passes or at least getting the ball out. So you've got to play tight. You've got to play your best game. Darius Williams, you've got to play tight, 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 tight. They're coming after you. You know this. Uh, so, look, it's, it's the cornerbacks versus Cincinnati's receiving core. That's got to be a whitewash there. If not – it doesn't matter how good your pass rush is. He'll get the ball off. He'll, he'll extend drives. That's how Cincinnati blew through the playoffs. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. Let me follow up real quick, Cameron, on that point. Because when you talk about coverage and matching up against the receivers, there has been a liability, a soft middle of this Rams defense. And that's where the Bengals have excelled a lot of times while Jamar Chase is blowing the top off. You know, Higgins and Boyd have been able to eat between the numbers. Mm-hmm. And the Rams just had a, a thorough vetting against Garoppolo and the Niners in that regard. How much could, say, an extra week of rest and recovery for Ernest Jones, the continued evolution of Traven Howard in this defense, help shore up that deficiency, if you'll allow it, against a Bengals team that seems well-equipped to exploit it. You get more chance to watch. You get a chance to have fresh legs. Your pass rush does, too. It's all about making Burrow uncomfortable, so he has to throw the ball sooner than he wants, and then you'll have a chance to attack it outside the numbers, and especially, like you said, between the hash marks. Uh, If you can eliminate the run, Joe Mixon's going to be huge in this game. Remember him in London? when he was almost knocking out the safeties, he's going to be huge. If you can blunt that run game and make it one-dimensional, you'll have your linebackers, your safeties, you'll have a chance to flood the middle and force everything out wide. If they still have the benefit of the run game, then they'll start exploiting the middle like they've done all season long. But stop the run, stop mix, then you'll have a chance to stop those receivers from making hay in the paint. I think we're all on the same page because that was definitely one of the areas. Just that mid-level is where, you know, where there may be a little bit of deficiency. So I was definitely keying in on that. I would love to see some of those guys step up in those moments and just stop everything coming their direction. And I would also add on to that on the other side. I think we can really get after these guys just with four. I love what we've seen against, well, you talk about Joe Burrow. He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, but he is good against the blitz. So if we can bring four and get get some uh, pressure on him, I think that's another area where hmm. we'll be able to do some, some damage. All right, so in the trenches, I'll go with Aaron Donald because I believe this is his moment. I believe yeah. this whole season has pointed to him. I think he's acknowledged that with the way that the NFC Championship game ended. DeMarco, can I make the case that the best coverage against their 11 personnel is actually Aaron Donald being a shutdown corner. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to go cover in the slot. I'm saying that he takes 
throwing options away by you can't, winning early on the interior. You can't get the ball there before he gets to you. Absolutely, 100%. Um, look, I think he's ready to put on something special. Uh, you saw it. You guys saw how his attitude and the feeling he had after the NFC Championship game. He's healthy, and he's hungry, and he's ready to go. So, And this is a tailor-made matchup for him. Really, it is. So the thing that you have to watch out for is Burrow is better than you think. Hmm. He can get yeah. away. He can get away from guys. 51 sacks in the regular season, and the guy's still alive, and he's in the Super Bowl. So You think to that game against the Titans, yeah. sacked nine times and still picks up the win. And he's still there. So, I mean, he's not going to blink. So Aaron's going to have to keep coming for four straight quarters to take it out of Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? It's, it's not going to stop on one sack. We're out of time. We got to wrap this Uh-oh. up, but I, I just, I just thankfully realized one massive oversight in this edition of Between the Horns that we have to touch on. We cannot leave here, no matter how much they want this space back, until we talk about Cooper Cup. Yep. I mean, if he's not a key to this game, who is? Big point. I mean, look, he, it's, it's almost a constant. I think you mentioned Cooper Cup. I yeah. did. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, dig into this. Yeah. We we've said all along we don't want another Rams season to end with Cooper Cup on the sideline. If he's playing in the Super Bowl three years ago. Maybe a different story. Different deal. If yeah. he's playing in Green Bay in the divisional last season, maybe a different story. True. Not only is Aaron 100%, but Cooper Cup is having one of the best receiving seasons, one of the best seasons, period, individually in NFL history, and he's good to go on Sunday. No doubt. See, he's like air. You know, he's, he, you depend on it, but you, you don't talk about it much. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, the guy is he's phenomenal. He's the focal point of the offense. You know, outside of Donald, he's your most important player. And even if Cincinnati does everything in its power to make someone else beat them on Sunday, and why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. If it does turn into a downhill, mauling, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle type game, Cooper Cup's still going to be right He's there at the point blocking. of attack. <laughs> right, well, right. And JB, you mentioned, you know, some of our favorite moments from this season and Cooper Cup, the embrace between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. To me, that just encapsulates everything that this team mm. and especially that wide receiving core has been all about. I know how, how critical Bobby Woods has been for all of these, yes. these receivers and what a leader he has been even not on the field. Hmm. And I know Cooper Cup has absolutely loved his presence and joy and everything that bring that Bobby Woods brings. And so I'm going to say the same thing. That embrace no doubt, and that teamwork, that's what Cooper Cup is all about. Yeah, win Bob it for Bobby for Trees, yes, win it for Jordan Fuller who won't be able to play, win it for everybody who's going to be yeah. on the sideline, win it for Andrew Whitworth and for Matthew Stafford and for Aaron Donald and for Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey. Anyone else sitting behind at, us? Yes. For Los Angeles. <laughs> Just win it. Just win it. Thank you all for being with us all season long here on Between the Horns. Obviously our best backdrop of the season, but hopefully not our best episode of the season. I hope we get to do it again next week. Absolutely. And bask in the accomplishment of the 2021 Los Angeles Rams. For Cameron Irwin and Marco Farr, I'm JB Long. Enjoy Super Bowl weekend, and thanks for listening to Between the Horns. Like this.